the current housing crisis, experts suggest Australia should focus on attracting more skilled migrant construction workers to aid in the effort of building more homes. Although migration figures have surged to a record high, the amount of migrants choosing to work in the construction industry remains low. The Wires Tony Pankalewick spoke with Trent Wiltshire, Deputy Program Director of Migration and Labour Markets at the Grattan Institute, about potential reforms and the issues facing migrant construction workers. So just to give us background context on this topic, what demographic and type of migrant groups come into Australia and whereabouts do migrant construction workers rank percentage-wise when comparing to the other types of migrant groups? So Australia's migration program is quite large. So we offer 190,000 permanent visas each year and made up of that is skilled workers, family visa holders as well, and also the primary applicants and also their families that come. So we've got a really a broad program. On top of that, there's the temporary program within those temporary visa holders. We've got students, working holiday makers, temporary skilled workers, graduates. We've also got a large number of people that come to the country. And given the crust in the rental sector that we're facing at the moment, you know, we've got rent skyrocketing, vacancy rates around record lows. We're really not bringing in enough construction workers. We've dug into the data and we can see that construction workers as migrants make up a smaller proportion of the population compared to the overall labour force. So about 32% of Australian workers were foreign-born, but only 24% of workers in construction were born overseas. And that's even the same for when you're looking at migrants that have arrived more recently as well. And with attracting skilled construction workers, I'm sure there's various factors as to why there's difficulties in bringing them into Australia, but would one of them be pressures from the domestic construction industry or unions by any chance? I think that is a factor. So the government announced a range of reforms last year about temporary skilled migration. So for thinking about who can come here right now and help to build houses that we need as quickly as possible, that's bringing in temporary visa holders that are skilled under the temporary skill shortage program. But construction workers actually make up a fairly small proportion of that program. But the government are introducing some reforms around this area over the next year or so. But some of those changes do appear to be a bit corrupted by pressures from probably the union movement who are trying to protect jobs in the industry. So the government said they're moving to a, a, pro, a situation where people earning above $135,000 can come here under a, a more streamlined visa system that should be faster and cheaper. People that are earning between 70000 and 135000 it's a bit harder for them to come into the country. So a crucial thing is that the government has said people in skilled trades aren't eligible for this faster visa program. So that exemption, I think pretty clearly driven by, I'd say, union pressure to stop these workers coming into competing with high school trades, even though not many trades earn above that $135,000 mark. It's quite a high benchmark. What are some other reforms that you might not have mentioned just before? Is there any other techniques or whatever yet yeah, just to try help out with this issue? So a big one as part of the overall visa reform is to reduce the cost sponsoring skilled workers. So currently the employer that sponsors a skilled worker to come to the country has to pay application fees, they have to pay thousands of dollars to a skilling Australia fund, which is a fund that normally is redirected to 
training Australians, although it's not really that clear where the money can go. So we think the visa fees should be reformed, and that's one barrier that employers do cite in terms of stopping them bringing workers in. Another one is recognising qualifications and trades. So typically for a skilled worker to come to the country, they face a two-step process to get their skills and qualifications recognised. Firstly, to get their visa to prove they work in an area of shortage, and then secondly, to get their qualifications approved by the relevant body. This can be very costly, can also take a long time. So a recent review of the migration system last year found that for some skilled trades, it can cost $9,000 and up to 18 months to get their qualifications recognised. This is going to be a, a complex and difficult process to simplify that skills recognition process, but it's really important, I think, to get people to be able to come here and work in the areas they're qualified in more quickly. Are there any other countries out there that you would know of that does it really successfully, like bringing very skilled construction workers into the country and brings it in large numbers that some of their policies mm. could be brought in here? So it's a good question. I think you know, if we look at our more comparable countries, say New Zealand or Canada, the US, our migration system is up there into one of the best performing in the world. We do attract highly skilled, highly talented migrants and a lot of people do want to come and move here. We think it can be improved. So there are some lessons we can learn from overseas and I think the key one there is we currently rely a lot on identifying particular occupations that we define to be as in shortage for a person to come here and migrate and work in those situations. We think that system should be scrapped and it should just be if an employer can't find a worker here, they're getting offered a job and they're getting paid a, a decent wage, they should be able to come here and work under any occupation. That removes one of the things that slows migration down and I think is affecting our home building and also not just in construction, it's also in things like health and education too. So that's one of the big reforms I think we can move towards and some countries have taken on that approach. In the construction sector in particular, that skills recognition process is one of the key things we can reform and that's a complex bureaucratic exercise that some countries have been better at reforming and you know we're falling a bit behind there. Is there any final words you want to say? I think if we're looking at the current housing crisis we're facing, the data shows that it's not really easing up and things aren't looking good in terms of the next one to two years. The rental market is going to remain tight. So things are going to be really tough for renters. So what the government can do in the short term to help renters that are struggling the most is to boost Commonwealth rent assistance. That payment supports people that are renting on fairly low incomes. It's very well targeted. It's probably the best way the government can help low-income renters that are struggling the most immediately. So boosting the supply of housing is a fantastic policy and definitely should be pursued, but it's not going to have an immediate effect on renters. So further boost to Commonwealth rent is the way to go to help renters that are struggling right at the moment. That was Grattan Institute's Trent Wiltshire ending that story by Tony Pangalouik.